Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg podcast. We are good friends working together at Talon Wealth, and Steve was telling me the other day about a gentleman that called in recently who likes his advisor, but he started paying more attention and has seen that his portfolio is down about $80,000 this year, and it's got him feeling a little nervous. One comment particularly stood out to me, Mike. It was something to the effect of, I've been working hard to make money. The advisor, he's supposed to be handling the rest. I mean, he's got Mm -hmm. a point. He called because he's seeking a fresh perspective. He's not sure if he's missing something or if this really is the best performance any advisor out there could make happen in this current climate. So where I come from when it comes to advisors and, you know, the industry in itself, I I, I want to believe that every advisor has their client's best interest at heart. I mean, I, I know deep down inside that's not necessarily the case, but... Anytime I hear a story like this, I I think that most advisors, I hope that most advisors are working in the best interest of their client. But a story that I tell pretty much anytime that I meet somebody for the first time and I'm trying to explain who we are, what we do, you know, what was the genesis of Talon Wealth Management and why did I start the company 20 plus years ago? And the reason that, that we really did all of it was just a frustration with the industry itself. And so... You know, it's, it's a view where we believe most people want to do the right thing, but mm-hmm. there are lots of great advisors out there. Sometimes they, I don't, again, a lot of the time, but I'm going to say sometimes because I'm optimistic, but they work with companies that maybe the business plan of that company might not be in the best interest of the client. And so what happens in, in our industry, financial services, just like any other industry, is you study, you go to school, you get some credentials, you go to work for a company, the company wants you to continue working with them for a long time. Advisors, just like any other industry, they become a product of their environment. And if the environment is a large bank or a company where their motto is, hey, just build diversified portfolios for people, and when things get bad, convince them to hang in there because eventually things will get better, then that's what the advisor reiterates to clients, and that's what they reiterate to prospects. And so mm-hmm. this call that Steve took the other day, in my mind, would be an example of that. So working with an advisor, they're down about $80,000. Now, of course, you know I'm a math guy, so 80000 to me is a percentage of whatever their total portfolio value is. So 80000 is a big number, but it's still a percentage. So I would take it back to a percentage, and I'd say that I, in the past several months, I have personally talked to a lot of people that are down 20, even over 30% in their portfolios. And the frustration that they're feeling is, well, hey, listen, we all felt like, not everybody, but we felt like, hey, maybe this year wouldn't be that great. Maybe there would be volatility. They don't like that the advisor wasn't more proactive. They don't like that the the advisor didn't reach out to them and say, hey, listen, maybe we should make some changes to your portfolio. They don't like that when the advisor wasn't calling them, they had to call their advisor. And then when they called the advisor, the advisor was just telling them to hang in there. And unfortunately, when you go back and you look at business models for a lot of these companies that are out there, that is the business model. It's much easier, Kristen, for a firm, whether it's a small firm or a big firm, it's much easier for them to to sit down with somebody initially, go over their risk tolerances and everything, and come up with this idea of a portfolio. And it's easier for them to identify you as a conservative investor or a moderate investor or an aggressive investor. 
and then put you into their version of a diversified portfolio based on your risk tolerance and then just leave you there. Because think about it, if, if they aren't just leaving you there, they actually have to be more proactive. They have to take action. If they think markets are going to go down, they need to make changes to portfolios. If they think markets are going to go up, they need to make changes to portfolios. So unfortunately, a huge part of the industry is based on not so much a long-term relationship on markets going up and down. So many people are out there working with advisors based on the initial conversation where they identify themselves as a particular type of an investor. They got put into that company's version of a diversified portfolio based on risk tolerance. And then when things get rough, they just say, well, hey, hang in there. And that's just not what we're about, right? I mean, we're making lots of changes to portfolios. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not always going to make the right change, but we do understand who our clients are. Our clients are typically people that are retired or close to it. They want the highest return they can get. They're not willing to take a lot of risk to get those returns. So are we going to be on the, on the correct side of the market all the time? Probably not because nobody has a crystal ball. But are we, as fiduciaries, working in the best interest of our clients? Yes. Are we making changes to portfolios? Yes. Do we make changes this year? We did. And a lot of other firms mm -hmm. didn't. We did pull back out of more aggressive investments. We got very, very conservative. We did change to alternative portfolios that are designed to make money if markets are going down. We do think, even though here lately, I think we're getting a little bit of a uh, what's called a bull market rally. So markets can mm -hmm. be up in, in sort of bad times. But we still think that overall, the Fed is going to come in and do literally what their job is. Their job is to bring inflation down. And they've got this big hammer, and it's just interest rates. And as they raise rates, I don't think we're going to get a soft landing. So I think the economy is going to get hurt. But looking at all of that, I think there are a lot of people out there. They thought they had active management, or they don't. Or they're sitting in their 401k or retirement plan at work. They certainly don't have it there. Maybe they just want to explore what it's like and what it might do for them. That's what the comprehensive financial plan is all about. It's the analysis. It's the planning. If you feel like we'll provide value, then you might want to work with us. If not, that's okay, too. Make sure that active wealth management and having a true plan for now and in the future of your retirement is something that you have because it's a crazy time with Wall Street, with the economy, and you have a day job. Whatever it is you do, that's what you're an expert at, I'm sure. And if you're leaning on an advisor and you feel like things aren't right, you can find out more at guardingyournestag.com. Even the ultra-rich are on edge about the economy now. Jeff Bezos, of course, one of the wealthiest people on the planet, he says he's focused on a recession. He retweeted a video of Goldman Sachs CEO saying that there was a good chance of a recession on the horizon. And Bezos commented, yep. The possibilities in this economy tell you to batten down the hatches. So, Mike, how should investors listening this weekend batten down the hatches for a possible economic storm? Or is this a bit extreme? Well, I don't think it's extreme. I mean, <laughs> we keep redefining what a recession is right here lately. True. And it's obviously political. So, well, to me, it's political. Maybe it's not obviously political. But I, I think that when it comes to managing money for clients – regardless of politics, we have to take that out of the picture unless it's it's in the picture, right? So I'm not going to make the economy or anything about elections or midterms. We just have to look at what is actually going on. And the reality is there has been trillions and trillions of dollars pumped into an economy that is artificially inflated, certainly the stock market, certainly housing. There's too much money in the economy. And 
every time we hear good news, it's not good news to the Fed, right? Mm -hmm. So if earnings for corporations are high, the Fed is looking at that going, well, that's not going to bring down inflation. When the unemployment number goes lower, right? So we can brag about how many people are working and how many have jobs and how tough the labor force is in terms of like hiring new people. That is not good for inflation. And all you have to do, and, and you know, Kristen, I, I, I travel a little bit. So I spend mm -hmm. some time on the East Coast and the West Coast and I, I'm out there. I don't see people cutting back. So it's really nice to see people not cutting back. The Fed doesn't like the fact that people aren't cutting back. And so there's an old saying, don't fight the Fed. Hmm. And the Fed, again, has this very, very blunt tool in its interest rates. And they don't want inflation. It hasn't been going down. It's been going up. So the last number was 8.5, right up for like up from like 8.1. The more people that are employed, the more people that are spending money, and the more people that aren't cutting back on their lifestyle is not good for inflation. That sounds really terrible, but the Fed is going to bring it down. And the only way they can bring it down is interest rates. And as they raise interest rates, I think we can see what's happened in the housing market. You know, now you could get a house for around a 3% you know, mm -hmm. interest rate on your loan. Now it's around 7 So that has absolutely tanked, right? I wouldn't want to be a realtor right now because right. it's hard to sell a home. That eventually makes its way into the economy and the stock market and everything else. So we think markets are going to come down. We think the economy is going to slow down. And we think the Fed is going to be the reason, right? It's not the workforce. So in your portfolio, maybe you've gotten beaten up. But I think there could be as much as, a, you know, I'm an optimist. But right now I'm not. I think there could be as much as another 20% to the downside. So we want to protect clients from that. I know you and the team have been getting questions about I-bonds lately, and mm -hmm. in a personal effort to educate myself a little bit more about the options, I did some reading and saw that I-bonds are a type of U.S. savings bond that can protect the value of cash from inflation. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. So, because then, yeah, going back to mega inflation right now, but yeah, keep going. That's why it's popular. It makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Are I-bonds the best option for those near and in retirement that are seeking some inflation protection in these times? You know, I want to walk through it because I think there's a lot of bait and switch from advisors out there talking about the I-bonds and basically it's savings bonds. And so if you were to put money into an I-bond, the rate would be about 6%, right? And this is on a very, very safe investment. It's a fixed rate. And when people hear that, they're like, wow, I can get roughly... 6% is like, well, yeah, you can, but it resets mm -hmm. uh, every six months. And so if you go back a couple of years, you were going to make almost nothing on high bonds. Nobody was talking about them. And I go, well, why would I put my money in something that's not making anything? So now about 6% sounds really, really great, but it's only because of inflation. So talking about the Fed, the Fed is, I mean, they are hyper focused laser focused on bringing inflation down, which is why they're raising interest rates. And so that rate's not likely to be as high. Mm -hmm. So the reason I say it's a bit of a bait and switch is lots of firms are talking about it, you know, I-bonds, I-bonds, I-bonds. Well, here's the thing. There isn't a single financial firm out there that can put you into an I-bond. The only place to get them is from Treasury Direct, which is a U.S. government website. You have to do that and yourself. So you, you do. You, yeah, you literally have to do it yourself. So I get these calls from time to time. I actually had a conversation with a client just every week. He goes, Mike, you know, I was thinking about putting money in uh, I-bonds. And I said, absolutely. And he says, but I just want to bounce my thought process off of you. Like I've read about the I-bonds. I, I understand how they work. 
basically you can only put $10,000 in, right? So one of the things is you can't just put a ton of money in there. So a lot of people will go, well, it's a great rate, but I can only put $10,000 to work. And it's based on social security numbers. So if you're mm. a couple, right, each of you could put 10000 in each year. So you're not going to get a lot of money in at this great rate. But then also the rate is going to adjust every six months on what equates to a five-year hold, right? So the maturity is a, is a five-year maturity. Okay. But as the Fed is lowering rates, that rate is going down and down and down. So if you want to look at something we would refer to as yield to maturity, which just means what is your rate until this matures five years out, I don't believe it's going to be anywhere near 6%, again, because we said in an earlier segment, don't fight the Fed. I mean, they're mm -hmm. telling you they're going to be raising rates to lower inflation, so it's not going to be as attractive in the future. And if you held it five years, your yield to maturity would be the average of all five years. So, But the way I would think about this is, anybody listening, if, if you're interested in I-bonds, you realize we can't sell them to you, right? But we can certainly point you in the right direction. If you want more information, feel free to give us a call. But the story that the client was sharing is like, all right, Mike, let me bounce this off of you. I could put it in right now. I know that rate is going to go down and I don't think I'm going to want to hold it mm -hmm. for five years to maturity because it probably won't make sense. And I agreed with him. I said, yeah, it probably doesn't make sense. And he said, if I'm reading right, though, if I want to pull my money out early, right? So if after 12 months, right? So if you want to cash in in less than five years, you're going to lose the last three months of interest. Okay. And so if you do the math, well... Gee whiz, even if the rate was a little bit lower, that rate is still very good, even if I gave up three months of interest to get out. And so I told him, I said, yeah, I think you're thinking about it the right way. I think it's a nice, I would view it as a shorter term investment. Inflation comes down, so that rate goes down short term. And then, yeah, just figure you're going to pay the three month penalty at some point, but it's still better than you're going to do at the bank in a savings mm -hmm. account. But again, it's limited to uh, 10,000 per social security number per year, but it's information people should be aware of. And we're happy to answer questions. If you want to know more about it, we can't sell it to you. It's direct from the government, but happy to explain it to you. This is, this is, this is, this is guarding your nest egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and the station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy.